Nintendo Week is brought to you by NME. Only at Nightmare Enterprises can you find the monster of your dreams. Hello everybody and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of week of August 24th through August 30th. Our 30... Nope, September... Whatever, I'm your host Colin McIsaac and as always I'm joined by Alex Plant... Yeah, I'm I'm taken aback by the September joke. I got nothing. And Ben Lamoureux? Time has lost all meaning. We're the direct, I don't know what day it is you're hearing this, but right now it's the 31st, and today we're having a bit of a weird episode. We decided to record Wednesday night this week before they announced Thursday morning's Nintendo 3DS Direct. So for the first half of the show, we've got the news block and a quick gossip stone for you, and then we'll have a quick break followed by a discussion recorded on Thursday night about whatever is coming in tomorrow's Direct, um, which you listeners already know about by now. Anyway, we've got a lot to get through, so let's just jump right in and hit the news block. Reggie Fizeme says NX needs more games and better marketing than Wii U had. He says the lessons they learned with Wii U are really traditional lessons within the industry. You have to make sure people understand the concept, you have to make sure you've got a great library of games, and when you do that, you tend to do well, he said. So this is another instance where uh, Reggie gave what I would consider to be sort of a generic PR answer. And usually I would give him some crap for it, but I don't have to because he does it to himself. He, <laughs> he's like, yeah, these are lessons that everyone already knows, but we're saying them anyway. Um, but there actually is a little cause for optimism just because the two points he hammers on is better marketing and more games. And we've been hearing from some of the sort of insiders, you know, like uh, Emily Rogers, and I think maybe Liam Robertson said similar things that NX apparently from what they've heard, has a really robust launch lineup. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be software droughts. Nintendo has to do a much Did better job. Did we I have not heard What's that. What's that? I, I have not heard that. When yeah, hear uh, that? Emily Rogers said that she thinks, I, I believe it was her, that, that from what she's heard, she believes Wii U will have more quality games in its first year than Wii U did in 3. NX. Or, oh, sorry. I remember that. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, continue. And then the other thing we've, we've been hearing from some of these people is that uh, one of Nintendo's goal for NX is to have a very just clear, simple marketing message so that people don't mm-hmm. get confused. And those are the, the very two things that Reggie brings up here. So it you know it, it kind of gives some cause for optimism that it, these actually are goals and not just PR talking points. Yeah, I'm, I'm bemused by that statement that these are really traditional lessons within the industry because Nintendo's been in this industry for over 30 years. So, like, even if Nintendo of America was dealt a bad hand with Wii U, there's still no excuse for playing those cards badly. And they played those cards really badly. Um, and so that kind of concerns me moving forward to NX because they... They knew this lesson by now. They had already learned it. It's not something that Wii U taught them. So to play the pessimist here, I don't know that I really advocate this idea, but in theory, if they couldn't apply that lesson with Wii U, then why should we trust that they can apply it to NX? Well, I would hope that NX is a less concept than Wii U, uh, because (laughs) Nintendo thought it was a great idea to make their first HD console have a sub-HD screen that happened to be the focus and gimmick of the console. Like, Mm -hmm. what about that makes sense? What about that is something that's easy to understand? That's that's two competing messages. And then to follow that up, they didn't make enough games that really showed off the value that that second screen had. Yeah, you had a big asymmetrical multiplayer push in the beginning, and then they dropped the ball completely come uh, game in Wario. I think that was the last game. Well, yeah, again, if they even if they were dealt bad cards, that's not an excuse to play those cards badly. 
Well, I don't know, because the the good cards they got, they played very well. And the bad cards they got, predictably, didn't do very well. Like, I think they, they, think they did fine with Smash Brothers, they did fine with Mario Kart, did fine with Splatoon. Like, all the really good things Wii U had going for it, they were able to capitalize on. It's the Toy. that they weren't able to capitalize on. I don't really agree, but whatever. But I think the, uh. I think the big difference between Wii U and NX, though, will be that Wii U was a bad concept... And, and I don't think NX, from what we've heard, is going to be a, a bad concept. I think it's going to be a much easier concept to understand. Sure. Reggie also said that Nintendo believes esports are a great way to reach out to consumers. He's grateful for the huge esports presence Smash Bros. has grown into, as well as the prospects for Splatoon and Mario Kart in the future. And we've said before that esports are a great avenue for Nintendo to become more respected within the hardware gaming communities, so it's great to hear from the horse's mouth that they're looking into it moving forward, um, especially considering that they have made moves to support esports in the recent past, so it's not just PR speak. Yeah, you had a, recently you had an event uh, where uh, Smash Bros. showed up at some event that uh, was coordinating with the Olympics. Oh, wow, I didn't that know was pretty, about that. That was pretty cool. Um, I never would have thought that would have happened, you know, five years ago. For sure. I also like the idea that they're thinking of Mario Kart as a way to get younger audiences, especially, involved in esports. Um, like, competitive Mario Kart without items can potentially be really fun, especially if they reintroduce some of those combat ideas from Double Dash, like we've discussed previously on the show. Um, but what I really think they should push for is F-Zero. Miyamoto said that they didn't want to make a new F-Zero game because they can't think of anything new to do with that series, but, I mean, here's your answer is right here. You know, that's always been the hardcore competitive alternative to Mario Kart, so just bring F-Zero back. It's a perfect fit for the esports scene, like, aesthetically and mechanically, and especially if they play up the aggressive moves that you can make against your opponents. Like, I'm just thinking of the scene in the Melee opening when Falcon and Samurai Goro are, like, going at it. Um... But yeah, F-Zero gives Nintendo a dedicated reason to get into eSports, and eSports gives Nintendo a reason to finally revive F-Zero, so do it! Yeah, I've always, I've been sort of sad by the fact that Wii U doesn't have a lot of what I'd consider competitive games, because when you look back at pretty much all of Nintendo's other previous consoles, even uh, Wii had Wii Sports. Look back on the NES and had the NES Championship game, uh, which, you know, they brought back in the the championships uh, last year. Like, Competitive games are part of Nintendo's DNA too. They're not. It's not just about casual, fun, friendly competition. It's yeah. also about cutthroat competition. There's nothing fun about like Mario Party, and especially nothing friendly. That's just war. Competitive Mario Party. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Two new Pokemon have recently been revealed. The first of these is a Fire Dragon Turtle named Turtonator, which has Great a unique name. move called Shell Trap, which lays a trap down for opponents that blows up on them when they hit Turtonator with a physical attack. The other is Crab Brawler, a fighting-type crab Pokemon. We also got the English names for the remaining handful of Pokemon who hadn't been revealed internationally, so the two Sandcastle Pokemon are officially called Sandygast and Palosand, while Beware's pre-evolution is called Stuffle. So I've seen a lot of people hating on Turninator, but I actually kind of I kind of like the design. Like, his, his, his face is all doofy, but, like, I don't know, I like him. I'm definitely going to have, like, a Turninator on my team or two. I think he's <laughs> fine, but that's, yeah. I don't know. He's the worst. <laughs> Look at his doofy face. Pokemon Go, we're moving on, has lost over 10 million daily users since it peaked in mid-July, and its number of downloads, engagement, and time spent on the game are also dropping off. Now, this is bound to happen with any mobile game, of course, but it begs the question whether its bare-bones features are catching up to it. Gymnasia editor Stephen Rollins thinks there's nothing we can really do to save it, arguing that there's just too little content to keep the game engaging in the way that Candy Crush and other famous apps were. 
And Niantic's ability to strike while the iron's hot with engaging new in-game features and commercial products like the Pokemon Go wristband has doomed Pokemon Go to losing all its hype, uh, especially with the mainstream, before it really offers anything worth getting hyped about. So what do you guys think? Will, will Go leave a lasting impression on the world at large, or is it kind of is the death knell ringing already well i think the first thing to note is that pretty much any game that's ever existed has had a huge drop off after yeah. its sort of mm-hmm. honeymoon launch period and mm-hmm. given that pokemon go fits both the criteria of being a game and existing i'm not super <laughs> surprised to see the same trend happening here uh-huh. so i don't think it necessarily signals anything about pokemon go in particular just kind of about the sort of hype cycle that all games go through and pokemon goes just happens to be a more pronounced hype cycle just because it's more prominent and and more well known yeah Yeah. that was sort of my first thought too was you know don't don't doesn't every game and especially doesn't every mobile game sort of spike up and then drop down for a while and then maybe spike up again um but i you know i i don't know the mobile market as well as i do the console market so i i I looked up some thoughts from some uh analysts there's daniel ahmed he's z huge x on twitter he posts a lot of like graphs and stuff charting sales and yeah he 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 posted basically a, a series of tweets saying hey this really isn't abnormal and a lot of the metrics that these analysts are using to show that the game is declining in popularity aren't even very good metrics hmm. um and then also dr sir Toto, he's the ceo of a gaming consultancy company in japan he he had similar things to say so that kind of just reinforced my thoughts about it that yeah this this isn't that big of a deal right. but i will agree with steven's points that to to this point, Niantic has not done a very good job at keeping enough like steady, interesting new features coming out. And you they know, take features away. Yeah, and, and commercial like... products too. But the thing is, there's still so much potential for that. And this game mm-hmm. got way bigger, way faster than they expected, and they're overwhelmed. So I don't want to get completely faithless here and say, oh, you know, Niantic's not going to be able to keep this interesting. Uh, there's still a lot of potential to add, you know, Gen two Pokemon and and you know more trading and battling features and all kinds of stuff. But right now they're not doing it. So I'll I'll say if Niantic continues to sort of be slow to keep the game interesting, then eventually we're going to see it fade from being the top app in the world to just being a pretty good app. But I don't think it's in risk of dying anytime soon, and I think there is still potential for it to sort of return to that dominant form if Niantic can just kind of get their crap together. See, I don't think there's potential for it to ever reach the kind of activity that it had at you know its peak Mm -hmm. um but i agree with you on pretty much everything you said i would say that i don't really trust that niantic can actually get those features out in a way that really excites people um i think that engagement and everything is going to be dropping off more and more and those features aren't going to be doing enough to bring them back quickly enough but i don't think it's near dead i just wanted to point out that you know i don't really think given what we've seen from niantic in the past Mm -hmm. that they'll be able to have a moment where it can really have this big resurgence i think it's mostly just going to be trending downwards with a couple spikes when they introduce some new things like gen 2 pokemon gen 3 pokemon yeah well and then another thing is they can use other uh pokemon hype like the launch of sun and moon the launch of the pikachu movie etc to draw attention back to pokemon go so i think it would be a good strategy for them to introduce interesting new features at the same time that other big pokemon news is breaking and then use that to sort of bring people back into the fold yep and sort of uh, another sort of bright side comment uh the peak was so high that even if they don't ever hit that peak again even getting halfway there will already make them tons and tons of money Mm -hmm. and of course they're still charting almost at the top of the charts or at the top of the charts yeah most places around the world so it's not like they're in trouble it's just they're not in the the launch high period anymore right 
The closing ceremony of the Olympics featured Rio passing the torch onto Tokyo, where the Summer 2020 Games will be held, and they did it with a fun tribute to Mario. There was a short CGI clip of Mario on the streets of Tokyo waving goodbye to Doraemon as he jumps into a warp pipe and heads to Rio. And then in Rio, the Prime Minister arrived on stage through a warp pipe. Um, so that's not huge news, but it's cool to see Mario influencing culture like that, and it's exciting to think of what else Japan will do with some of their most famous characters four years from now. Uh, you know, surely we'll see Pokemon, Sonic, Hello Kitty. Some were actually wondering why Pokemon wasn't there for Rio, but they planned it before Pokemon Go blew everything up, and their thinking then was Mario had more global recognition. Uh, but anyway, it's also encouraging for Nintendo's movie efforts, because that clip looked great. Yeah, just uh, anecdotally, it was really nice to be sitting in a bar on Sunday night and to see Mario suddenly pop up on a TV, because mm. usually when I'm at a bar, I see uh, Sony and Microsoft commercials. Mm, yeah. And so it was, it was refreshing to see Mario. Um, yeah. Also, it was also really cool that it was at a sporting event, because the last time Nintendo had a big presence at a sporting event was the big Pokemon uh, Super Bowl commercial. So they're they're hitting those, which was so long ago. It was, but they're they're at least finding these moments where they can they can sort of leave their little yeah. impact, and I think that's good. I think they need to find more of those moments. The architect and operations manager of Xbox Live just joined the Pokemon company as vice president of technology. This happened almost exactly a year after he left Microsoft, so perhaps he was waiting for a non-compete clause to expire. Um, this is big news for Pokemon, but whether it actually means anything specific is unknown. They may be positioning themselves for a big push in online services like Pokemon Bank and whatnot in the future, which would certainly make sense given that NX is just around the corner. But neither TPC nor Eric Neustadter, the Xbox guy, have given any details beyond the simple fact that he now works for Pokemon. Yeah, so it's it's totally just conspiracy theory, but I believe that, you know, there is a pretty good chance he had some sort of non-compete clause, because from the day he announced he was leaving Microsoft to the day he announced he was joining the po- uh, Pokemon company was exactly one year, and he did not, uh, he didn't work for any video game related companies in between, and he had spent the previous 15 years with Microsoft, so mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's kind of interesting to me to see how that worked out but um yeah this this seems like a pretty big get for the pokemon company we we don't really know what he's going to be doing yet but i imagine he must have some pretty big ideas if he's going from being the person who was curating xbox live for a decade and a half to joining the pokemon company yeah i'll say um anyone else or should we move on (laughs) all right right, so yeah so uh if that's it let's take it to the gossip stone Here we are with the Gossip Stone, where we discuss the latest updates from the old rumor mill. After each one, we're going to go around and weigh in with our final verdicts, whether we think the rumors are true or trubbish. This is all kind of one big thing. We'll take, we'll split it kind of into two, but it's really one whole segment here. Uh, A little-known gaming site called Let's Play Video Games reported several NX rumors recently. The site is run by three veterans of Destructoid, so there's validity to their reputations as reporters, even though the site is new. And on top of that, they also this week acquired a copy of the uh, PS4 Slim, which Sony hasn't even announced yet. And did like an unboxing and a review of that. So they definitely have some connections that can get their hands on some things that uh, people aren't supposed to know yet. That doesn't necessarily mean their Nintendo connections are correct, but they have proven that they have some solid connections. Right, right. I mean, I think it's safe to say that given their reputations and their histories that they're at least credible. They're they're certainly far more than than a site this little known would be right. otherwise. But um so first they reported that NX's detachable controllers will allow for motion controls and an advanced rumble feature. The controls are expected to eventually phase out Wii remotes as the motion feature is quite similar and the rumble 
feature will be able to change its intensity and the type of movement it vibrates with depending on the situation. So in theory, the rumble you feel when striking a sword against a rock is different than striking a sword against enemy flesh. Can I say I called it on motion controls? You may. I think I called it. <laughs> Um, yeah, it totally makes sense that these would resemble Wii remotes in some way uh, in terms of how they control because mm-hmm. just based on the shape that these things must be, it just – I don't see why you wouldn't do it. Right. Um, it's also a good way to sort of patch together a possibility for uh, be, being able to play Wii games with the new controllers because one controller could be a nunchuck and one controller could be your double for your Wii remote. Mm-hmm. Uh, theoretically, that means that Wii remotes could be used for some games that have uh, few enough buttons. Mm-hmm. So all, all of this sounds very much like what I would have expected Nintendo to do with this kind of concept. So, yay. Yeah, yeah, I totally buy it. Uh, like we said a few episodes ago, Nintendo likes weird controllers, and everything that we've seen and heard so far about NX's detachable controllers would indicate that motion control can be incorporated very seamlessly into their design. Um, so I think that's both likely and good. Um, and it also means that they can keep selling Wii-era games digitally, which they will not want to give up. Uh, So ultimately, I think this is true, and I'm going to go on to say that I would be very happy if it is, because I think the Wii Remote is one of the most graceful and intelligently designed controllers of all time, and the industry at large has kind of forgotten about motion controls in the years since Wii reigned supreme, Um, but I still think that they have a lot to offer gaming, and so I personally can't wait to play Metroid Prime 4 and hopefully other major first-person games um, without having to deal with Twin Stick. Yeah, and you know, it just kind of... I'm going to also say true, by by the way. Um, and unlike Wii, I don't think this is going to be a thing where it's like, uh, the focus of the console is motion controls, because obviously the focus is the ability to take your games on the go, and no one's going to be wanting to, like, play handheld games on the go with motion controls and whatnot, but it's, it's nice that the option will still be there for games, like you said, like Metroid Prime 4, potentially, and, and other things like that, so I think it'll be good to have a system where motion controls are there, but maybe that's not exactly what Nintendo's pushing. Definitely. Uh, Now, Let's Play Video Games also reported that the NX would have a social sharing button and a split D-pad, not unlike the PS4, which was corroborated both by Emily Rogers and Nintendo Life, though Emily Rogers claims the D-pad is so far only the case for the prototype and maybe a solid D-pad like Nintendo's always had with the systems uh, when NX actually launches. Finally, the site reported that NX dev kits are not region-locked and none of their sources have been told that the final system will be, so Iwata's comments last year about potentially making NX region free may become a reality and then that report tacked on a few other small statements giving size measurements about the size of a wii u gamepad with a thickness just a little bit bigger than a folded up 3ds xl Uh, although keep in mind that that's probably about the dev kit and not the final unit though it may be very similar when it actually comes out in march Um, and then they also said that the controllers attach and detach with a little hole in the system so you can push a button on the controllers to eject them not unlike ejecting a super nintendo cart um i'm gonna call true on split d-pad because that's one of the things i was always wondering about this split controller concept in the first place was if those two things can be used individually by two different players, they would need some kind of solution for, for face buttons. Right. And a split D-pad will do that. And split D-pads work well enough from my experience that I'm not going to complain about it. Mm-hmm. As for the region lock, uh, Iwata's telegraphed a few times that that's going to go away with their next system. So I am I have no reason to doubt that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the size, uh, judging by uh, the size of the Wii U gamepad screen, which 
they've probably uh, set at 6.2 inches for a reason. Uh, I would expect them to keep something kind of similar with the NX, and the size measurements that we got with these rumors uh, really goes along with uh, what you'd expect for the size for the device for that. So I will call uh, true on all of it. Everything is true. Yep. Yeah, same here. Uh, I'm also going true. Cool. Yeah, I, I have nothing to say on any of those other things. So I do kind of expect the attachment to be maybe change uh, with the final retail units to be maybe a little more elegant, assuming that they haven't found a really awesome solution for the uh, attachment already. Sure. Uh, like, for example, they mentioned magnets in one of the patents. That's a possibility that they could do if they can get it right. Uh, so I'm not married to that particular idea, but uh, that's something that I'm, I wouldn't doubt is true right now. All right, well, let's take it to the lightning round. And now we've arrived at the beloved lightning round where we bring you little nuggets of information from the past week. If you want to read more about any of these stories or any of the ones we discussed earlier, you can check them out at gamnesia.com. The latest podcast episode will show up in the scrolling feature bar at the top of the site, and on that page you'll see all these links. All right, so first up is recent releases and stuff that's now available for you. On Wii U, Super Mario 64 DS and Pokemon Ranger Guardian Signs are now available on the Virtual Console, while Poncho, Armacrog, and Axiom Verge are now available on the eShop, and Minecraft's free new tumble mode is available now. On Nintendo 3DS, Style Savvy, Fashion Forward, and Metroid Prime Federation Force are now available, the latter of which launched to mixed reviews. Also available are three Street Fighter games on the new 3DS Virtual Console and The Legend of Kusakari on the eShop. Pokemon players can now hop online and download Victini through Mystery Gift, while players in Europe and Australia can enter the download code HAPPY to get a special event Meowth. On both systems, Nintendo's selling Capcom games up to 75% off on the eShop. A new Pokemon Go update has added new movesets, increased spawn rates, and more, including an evaluation feature that lets you see your Pokemon's offense and defense for battles. And as of today, you can make your own Eevee plushie at Build-A-Bear Workshop. Then we've got a bunch of upcoming dates to look out for. Sometime this week, Nintendo's launching a new Galaxy-style 3DS XL. It's actually the NX. <laughs> September 2nd, tomorrow, Metroid Prime Federation Force launches in Europe. September 8th, Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice launches in North America. September 8th is also your last day to get the special Super Mario flavors of Froyo at Yogurtland. September 9th, five new Amiibo bundles for previously released Wii U games launch. September 15th, Koro Koro's Pokemon Sun and Moon manga debuts. September 16th, Dragon Quest VII launches for 3DS in Europe and North America, while Australia gets it on the 17th. September 29th, Australia is getting new Amiibo bundles for Fire Emblem Fates and Smash Bros. 3DS. September 30th, Smash Wii U's regular tourney mode is shutting down. October 26th, Nintendo will release its second quarter earnings report for 2016. And Spring 2017, Yokai Watch 2 launches in Europe. And then finally, a rundown of all the smaller things that happened these past two weeks. Nintendo's been sharing new looks at Breath of the Wild in short video clips. Nintendo has revealed a new box art and seven game modes for Mario Party Star Rush. Um, I actually really like the new box art. Uh, not just because it doesn't make me feel like I'm playing a port of a can of soup. <laughs> a gaming historian found the first piece of code Iwata wrote for Nintendo. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild won Best of Gamescom's award and the honor of being August's most talked about game on Facebook. A woman was killed by a truck driver playing Pokemon Go. That w I was a little too enthusiastic there. I gotta pay attention more. <laughs> Niantic is unbanning a small subset of Pokemon Go players. The indie studio Renegade Kids shut down and split into two separate studios. Nintendo changed My Nintendo Gold Coins to expire after a year instead of six months. Alex wrote a great editorial about how Breath of the Wild does equipment durability so right, and Nintendo revealed they once considered making a crossover game with Pokemon and Fire Emblem. 
I actually think this is a great idea. If not, oh yeah, like, hell of a lot better than Conquest. Yeah, if not like an actual straight up Pokemon Fire Emblem Cross, then maybe just like a, a Pokemon sort of tactical strategy type game with sure. like simpler mechanics to Fire Emblem to sort of ease that like audience into hey, you liked this, maybe you want to check out Fire Emblem now. I think sure. there's actually a lot yeah. of potential there. Definitely. Square Enix is definitely bringing Dragon Quest XI to NX. Sounds like it would be the port of the PS4 version, but I saw an interview that said that they feel like they're making four different versions of the game. Yeah. Uh, when you combine the 3DS uh, two perspectives, the PS4 version, and the NX version. So I don't know what to expect from this. Another Sega 3D Classics collection is coming to Nintendo 3DS. Metroid Prime Federation Force's post credit scene may be hinting at Metroid Prime 4. Splatoon's producer wants to continue special events to keep excitement up for a possible sequel. Which means my wife will continue yelling expletives upstairs that you'll probably hear on the podcast every once in a while. Excellent. You'll hear a lot of Waluigi. The NES Classic Edition will run on a brand new NES emulator. Which uh, is good news for us, because that's what we were hoping. Yes. EA can't comment specifically on whether they'll bring games to NX, but Peter Moore says EA has never said it won't develop for Nintendo. Niantic says Pokemon Go has only just scratched the surface of AR gameplay, and they'll definitely take advantage of future AR devices. Pokemon Go's latest update contains code for trading legendary Pokemon and more items. There's awesome new Earthbound merchandise coming in 2017, and an awesome Mario-inspired designer watch is on sale for just $27,000. You can explore infinite worlds in the fan-made crossover game No Mario's Sky. So, I downloaded this, and I love the concept, and it's kind of visually charming, but it's also really bare and repetitive and gets boring after five minutes, which I thought was a perfect homage to No Man's Sky. <laughs> Someone modded Smash Bros. for Wii U to make Mr. Krabs playable. A fan is porting Pokemon Go to the Sega Dreamcast. Nintendo has patented a controller with interchangeable buttons. Nintendo 3DS was the best-selling game console in July, thanks to Pokemon Go. Nintendo promoted Doug Bowser to Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing. So when uh, Scott Moffat left the company a month ago, they said instead of uh, replacing him, they were going to dissolve his position and sort of transfer his duties to other people. And it looks like most of them went to Doug Bowser because his uh, new official title is now only one word different than Scott Moffat's old title. Wait, what was Scott Moffat's? Scott Moffat was the executive vice president of sales and marketing, and Doug Bowser is the senior vice president of sales and marketing. Oh, the MLB has now officially approved Nintendo's sale of the Seattle Mariners, netting Nintendo $661 million, and Nintendo spent $47 million to buy the company that distributes their games in Japan, which is probably a move to eliminate their distribution fees and save money in the long term. An Australian restaurant is selling awesome Pokemon-themed burgers. A man dressed as Charmander played the Pokemon theme song on flaming bagpipes balancing on a gigantic Pokeball. Because why not? That's a crazy video, <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone tried drawing dozens of Pokemon without knowing anything about them but their names. And an online petition asks the U.S. to change its national anthem to City Escape from Sonic Adventure 2. So that's all we got for this week's news, but stay tuned because after the break, we're right back with our coverage of Thursday morning's Nintendo Direct. In the meantime, please enjoy Baldi's excellent 8-bit rendition of the future national anthem of the United States of America.
we're back with more Nintendo Week. We're gonna skip the intros and just jump right into our discussion about the Nintendo Direct. So overall thoughts, you guys, what did you two think? It wasn't exactly what I was expecting, that's for sure. It honestly was exactly what I was expecting. And you were expecting that is to say Mario Horse Racing and 2D Pikmin? Um I mean exactly may have been a strong word. Um, <laughs> But no, so in exciting. that sense, I was in, in, in the way that you're saying, I was surprised by the direct. But in the overall quality of the direct, I was not surprised right. by the direct. Yeah, the yeah. Old, like I mean, little cheesy story going on and the updates on all the games yeah. we, knew we were going to get updates on. But uh, yeah, I was I was really surprised by uh, 2D Pikmin. That caught me off yeah. guard. And I I shouldn't have been surprised by uh, Mario Maker on 3DS because they've kind of floated the idea before. But I I just really wasn't expecting it today. I guess. Um, yeah. Um, so let's take these down story by story. Uh, we're going to try to get through this fast because lots of reasons. Um, but so stop me. I'm going to read a list of headlines and you two stop me if you have anything to say. I'll also stop myself if I do. Uh, a new trailer for Pokemon Sun and Moon. There's an Alolan Rattatas. Snorlax has a Z move. It's super meme um, Yeah, that's um, been my favorite I... thing about the Pokemon announcements is all the Snorlax <laughs> memes. Oh, yeah. Can I just Alex? stop and say how funny it is that they use a Nintendo Direct to announce that Rattata will be in Pokemon Sun and Moon? Right? <laughs> like, top percentage. really? I... <laughs> top percentage of Nintendo Directs. I, 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 once again, I really like the way that they've implemented the Alolan Rattata and, like, with actually a, a sort of interesting backstory that's rooted in real evolution instead of just Pokemon series evolution. Yeah, for sure. Um, the fact that he's uh, normal dark, though, has me a little worried just because he's going to get wrecked by fighting-type moves. Yeah, but yeah. he's got immune to ghost and psychic, which yeah, is kind of cool. Yeah, that is helpful. Um, and depending on, like, Raticate's stats could be cool. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like the mustache that he has. <laughs> if he didn't have that mustache, I think Alolan Rattata would be really cool to me, but right now I'm just, well, whatever. Um, let's see. That was it, though, for Pokemon, right? That's all I'd have anything to say about um, I want to make sure we got the news, though. Yeah, sorry, listeners. I'm not going to edit out any of our pauses or awkward conversational gaps or anything because I need to get this out. And, yeah, whatever. Uh, there's a new, <laughs> new version of Super Mario Maker coming to 3DS. Um, it is about local sharing. You can play courses designed from Wii U, um, although some of them, it sounds like, will be restricted to Wii U only. Um, You can design levels on the go, of course, and you can share through um, local, like, wireless and through StreetPass. You cannot search levels by course ID, which is ridiculous, Um, and you can't um, you can, but you can still do the like hundred Mario challenge. You cannot use like mystery mushroom costumes and stuff. Um, so it, it is a watered down version of Mario Maker, like by a lot, and it doesn't seem like by technical limitations. It seems like for arbitrary reasons. Yeah, I really love the whole local sharing idea, and I really hate the fact that that's that's just it. Yeah, I I don't I don't get the point in. And, you know, just being like, oh, the Wii U is specifically the share online version, and the 3DS is the specifically share in person version. I, I don't know. I, I feel like I well, want. Especially because, like, you'd think that they would want the new version of Mario Maker, like, the version that people are supposed to be enticed to buy, even though they already have the Wii U version, to have more features, right? I don't know. Like,. I don't. I feel like this game only exists for the Japanese market to have something to play on the train. Maybe. And so that's I was why actually the sharing thinking features that this is going to be a really good way for me to play Mario Maker too. Because like 
clearly they designed it as an alternate version of the game that isn't this yeah. online sharing focused version like the Wii U version is. Uh, I guess the bummer about that is so, so so if I were to get Mario Maker for 3DS, like it wouldn't matter that the online features were missing because I don't I have the Wii U version. But for people who want a full version of the game and don't have a Wii U, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, um, which is yeah. you know a, a large portion of the Nintendo audience has a 3DS and not a Wii U. Yeah, uh, the yeah. good thing I think I, I uh, I'm thinking about this is that like I love Super Mario Maker, but I don't have the kinds of dedicated like designing and playtesting sessions that I feel like sitting down with it requires on the gamepad and on a home console. So it will be great to have the game on 3DS so I can just pop it out anywhere, take, you know, 10... If I'm waiting for 10 minutes with nothing to do and no way to be productive, like, I can just bust out this quick game, design a few elements, um, and then put it in sleep mode for whenever the next time I can open it up is. Um, and that's, I think, a really great way for a person like with my kind of like busy life can play Mario Maker. Um, so I think it's great that it opens up that kind of door for different kinds of um, like play habits. Mm-hmm. But and I think that's you know, especially true the content for like, the Japanese like, market too, enticing. where commuting yeah, is agreed. so much more common. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but uh, like Alex kind of said, the bummer is that I would hope that something like that is is you know communicating between the 3ds and wii u the way that like an nx version of super mario maker would just communicate i guess just on its own system natively um that you know that you can play it at home or on the go and it's the same experience but um whatever i mean we'll given that they got it to work on a handheld i imagine we'll see it on nx yeah at some point and if it is on nx it'll given that nx is both a, a home console and a handheld then i they absolutely need to have all of the local and online features yeah i think that's yeah, i sure. think they're kind of building out those they features will. in these two versions yeah, and then the we'll see definitive them on version essentially yeah right uh so animal crossings whoa what the sh- i just heard my voice come up in my audio editor this is freaking me out um, I am not awake enough for this. Um, uh, Animal Crossing something. Uh, the update comes out November 2nd? December 2nd? December 2nd. It's got 50 new amiibo cards. Uh, it's got villagers can come into your town like through mobile homes. It's got amiibo, compa- amiibo compatibility. And there's an Animal Crossing Nintendo Direct coming this fall. Any thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's kind of nice that we've already got confirmation of the next Direct after such a long silence, but outside of that, I can't get particularly hyped about DLC for a, a four-year-old game that I sold right. a couple years ago. Right. I think it's really suspicious that the New Leaf update is coming out a month, about a month after the Direct, which is coming late this fall, because we heard before that the Animal Crossing mobile game will be announced mm-hmm. sometime this fall, so that oh. sort of seems to suggest that maybe the the mobile game connects to New Leaf in some way, and I mean, I maybe feel like we all will be some anyway. kind of bridge between New Leaf and NX Animal Crossing mm-hmm. whenever that happens. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, like you said, we all suspected that, but... Yeah. Lots uh, of let's chance. see... Nintendo's launching a new line of classic Zelda amiibo on December 2nd. We've got a 8-bit Link, kind of like the Super Mario Maker one. We've got Ocarina of Time Link and a dual pack of Wind Waker Link and Zelda. There's and now, all like, three Links work as normal Links, so if you have a Smash Bros. Link or uh, Hy- Hyrule Warriors doesn't have amiibo, it should, but it doesn't. Um, anyway, they all I, work I, as normal Link. I'm not as familiar with the, like all the amiibo as I'm, I'm sure you guys are, but I, I saw someone say there's now eight different versions of like Link amiibo. That doesn't once seem you, right. Once you count but I would believe Breath it. of the Wild, then yes. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Because there'd be what? Link, Toon Link, 8-Bit Link. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I want to know Wolf why Link. no Ocarina of Time Zelda. Yeah. It makes no um, sense. I mean, she's a terrible character, but other than that... <laughs> why no Sheik? Yeah. No Ganondorf? No characters yeah. besides Link or Zelda at all. Is it is it contradictory if I got excited at the idea of Sheik, but then say Ocarina of Time Zelda is terrible? <laughs> is that contradictory? <laughs> Dude, don't spoil it. That game only came out 20 years ago. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh, Also, Skyward Sword launches on the Wii U eShop today, so if you haven't played that yet, uh, you can get it on the Wii U eShop. Uh, Hyrule Warriors Legends next DLC pack is available now, so if you wanted uh, to play as Toon Zelda and get the new adventure maps, you can. I was um, pretty disappointed by the implementation of the sand rod as a weapon because it seems like it'd be really cool. Yeah, me too. But it looks really lame. But on the bright side, you get to summon the spirit train to attack things. Yeah. So yeah. there's a silver lining. Um, uh, Mario Party Star Rush is getting a free eShop app so you can play with friends with just one game. Like you can do download play, but still play like full versions of the game. I think that's pretty cool. Yep. I don't know if anyone has anything to say about it, though. Yeah, especially. Uh, let's see. Okay, so Pikmin is getting a side-scrolling adventure game on 3DS. Uh, our style is interesting. I don't think anyone expected this. It seems you know, like a spinoff I, to me. I don't think this is Pikmin 4. Yeah, I don't no, think this is not. Pikmin 4 either. I think that's a separate thing. And this did really catch me by surprise. But the more I think about it, the more it's like, why is this surprising? This should have been so obvious. It's like oh, a, yeah. Same like here. an easy, cheap way to you know bring Pikmin to a, a different audience or to expand the Pikmin audience. But the other thing is, like, we've talked about this before with, like, Federation Force and other spinoffs who I'm too tired to remember right now. But, like, if you're going to do a spinoff, why do a series that isn't as popular as you want it to be already? Like, we've said before, like, the only reason Pikmin is really still getting games isn't, Mm -hmm. it's not selling well enough to keep going into, like, Pikmin 4, for example. It's getting more games because Miyamoto wants to make these. And it doesn't sound like Miyamoto is making this spinoff. Like, I think if they, if you were, they would have said something about it i heard a rumbling that it's being made by artoon who made uh yoshi's new island it looks which, a lot like that yeah i was gonna say which looking at the game is not surprising yeah. to me um, so like, i can't help but wonder know. whether this should have been a mobile game though because it looks like an experience yeah i was thinking really the same well thing as a mobile game and, and, and it's and that's particularly the kind as a mobile companion an game built to pick for yeah, 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 and that's yeah. that's the way that you would have found a new audience for Pikmin. Right now, it's like yeah. this just seems like a watered down, like worse kind of Pikmin. And maybe game. it becomes a cross platform game, and it's not just on 3ds, but maybe still. But, um, yeah, it seems like a weird way to because I think this kind of game is just going to sell worse because it's Pikmin and not like well, no, it won't sell worse because it's Pikmin, but it's it will be the I worst selling Pikmin game. Yeah, let's see. Tank Troopers is a new eShop game where you battle tanks with ice, lightning, and more. There are a bunch of heroes. Um, uh, they have different kinds of abilities like paintballs and stuff. Anything to say here? It kind of reminded me of those like third-party battle games that you'd see like in the N64 era yeah. where people were actually making yeah, Nintendo-exclusive games for their consoles. Um, yeah. But it, it just looks like an okay eShop-y game. Right. Uh, Mario Sports Superstars is a new 3DS game featuring full Mario baseball, soccer, golf, um, tennis, and horseback riding. Uh, great idea to have a Mario Sports pack because I've always felt that that's kind of the best way to keep those series going rather than selling them Same as here. individual games. I will very much miss all of the character and charm that like games like Strikers had, though, because that doesn't seem to be present in Superstars. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, but I mean, I think stuff like Mario Golf and Mario Tennis, I don't think they've had charm for a while. So yeah, I no, like definitely. that they're being put into a pack where you don't need to buy a single game for $40. Um, yeah, for sure. I've never felt like those games have been worth more than $10 a piece, um, at least in recent years. And so getting them on the 3DS in this way is fantastic. I also like that it's a way to bring back soccer and baseball. Um because it gives me an ex- because it's a pack, it gives me an excuse to try the Mario Soccer games, um, which I have only really tried very little in passing. Um, hasn't really stuck with me, but this will give me a good. It'll be like a pastime. Um, and the baseball games I loved, so I'm really hoping that bringing them back in this way uh, works well. Horseback riding seems like something they developed on the side just because, and then they can throw it in here. Um, Nintendo's all about horses lately. They don't run <laughs> into either- trees very often. Oh <laughs> but, but either way, um, yeah, like the the getting this pack, I think is fantastic. Um, it looks like the games are good enough that getting five for forty bucks is a good deal on it, and and gives you a lot of value there. I will say though that with the timing of this being around the same time that NX is coming out, and with the fact that Nintendo has been talking so much about using their IP kind of as their central way to drive value. I'm not, like, super worried about this, but it makes me wonder whether they have, like, a more traditional non-branded sports game in the works. Because I would hate for their only real sports pushes to be these Mario sports games. Like, they really need something more mainstream. Um, and just I don't the think fact... that Nintendo needs to make those, though. I think they should just get the third-party developers interested in releasing them on yeah, Nintendo consoles. Like, if they can the get, like, that, MLB and NFL on the ones that their they've consoles made have always the been, Mario alternatives have always them. been more popular than the third-party ones, though, at least on their own platforms. Like, when they were making the NES sports games, those all yeah, but there were actually no, pretty like, well. They, all the third-party ones were Poy! then. I gotta... Oh, sh- I didn't remember to censor that. Um... <laughs> But, like, ever since the third-party sports games started being good, Nintendos have not outperformed them. I mean, not maybe, because, like, Wii I mean, Sports Wii came sports. out at the yeah. same time yeah. as the heyday of the, all the, the, like, the league-branded titles. And, I guess. And so I, so I, w- I, I would I guess, like for yeah. them to do some Nintendo-like thing that third parties probably won't put in the effort to do. Sure, yeah, not NX. like realistic sports games in that yeah, way. Yeah, not like a but realistic so, okay, sports game, Okay, I get sure. you, like a pack. Like, okay, like the, Nintendo, okay, that makes sense. the Nintendo kind of sports game, but yeah. not, not just the I'm, Mario. I'm thinking okay, conceptually I'm something like then. Rocket League, where it's fun and competitive, but not, you know, realistic at all. Yeah. Blast Ball, obviously. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Blast Ball. Um, yeah, you yeah. Need the keyword there is fun. Um, <laughs> so, let's see... Uh, Nintendo 3DS's Street Pass is getting five new games and a premium version for faster use. That's available to download now. Uh, you can get, like, a hundred Miis in your plaza gate at once, but it costs five dollars to do that. Uh, this should have been a free update in 2012, but uh-huh. it's 2016 <laughs> and it costs five dollars. It's clearly meant for nine-year-olds like just so that Nintendo can get money. Like- 25 would be acceptable yeah i mean like at this point like i'm not even like i just could not care any less about this like i'm gonna be honest i don't think i've like opened my me first plaza since like e3 2014 (laughs) yeah i mean like it's just it's way too little way too late yeah um let's see did we talk about yoshi yet no, not yet. That's upcoming. Uh, no. You can get a free 3DS theme by pre-purchasing Dragon Quest VII on the eShop. You can also now download a free demo of Picross 3D Round 2. 
Uh, Yoshi's Woolly World is coming in Nintendo 3DS with new features and stop-motion shorts. It's going to be called Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World. There will be exclusive Poochie levels where you play as Poochie, and Yoshi has a new... Fe- it's like a new item, I think, kind of, in a way. Uh, Poochie Pups, optional, is also super cute, but they will sort of like run towards like hidden balls of yarn and stuff, so uh, completionists will have a little bit of an easier time uh, getting through the levels and finishing 100%. Oh, it's also got stop motion shorts, 30 of them like exploring Yoshi and Poochie's daily lives or something like that, which seems pretty cool. I love how they somehow found a way to make a super accessible game, like ridiculously even more accessible. Uh-huh. Like I never thought that would be possible with this game and they yeah. did it. Oh, and Poochie Yarn Amiibo. Awesome. Super cute. I love that. Yeah. Love it. I might um, actually get so it. between Yoshi and uh, Mario Maker, this is just further proof to me that NX is a good concept if it is the sort of handheld home console hybrid. Because <laughs> like all of the theme of this direct was basically crap. These good games on Wii U aren't selling because no one has a Wii U, so let's yeah. port them to 3DS. Yeah, um, like uh, Which is these funny features because... seem very much like excuses for bringing the games to 3DS and not reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny because we had originally speculated that, like, when Nintendo said they were going to make remakes on new 3DS, <laughs> that they would be older games, and yeah, it's just a bunch of Wii U games. Yeah, uh, uh, that's and true. And it's also funny because, like, originally it felt like Wii U was getting a ton of, like, sequels to 3DS games that were basically HD remakes of 3DS games, and now yeah. it's sort of the reverse is happening. Yeah, um... I think it's interesting, too, though, that for $40, you could get either a worse version of Mario Maker or a better version of Yoshi's Woolly World. (laughs) Um, Watch 2 features new battle mechanics and version-exclusive yokai. Uh, I don't... Did anyone have anything to say? Um, I thought it was really awkward how many times Nintendo said fleshy during this Nintendo Direct. (laughs) Don't forget bony. Um... You can get free Frozen outfits by pre-ordering Disney Magical World 2. So this is our biggest talking point of the episode, right? <laughs> Obviously. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories is getting crossover content from the Zelda series. That was from the Japan-only direct. Um, seemed kind of interesting, but does anyone have anything to say? Uh, no surprises nope. here. Okay. Uh, Swerve. The Japanese Nintendo Direct announced a new mystery game called Metopia for 3DS, but we don't really know anything about it. Besides, it probably has Mii's... You think? No. Yeah, anyway, that's it. Um, do we have anything else to say? Um, no. This Nintendo Direct I listened to okay. in the car on the way to work and didn't feel like watching it again. <laughs> and uh, we talked about everything. Yep. Uh, so there's. I'm just gonna recap this for you listeners a little bit. Time, I guess, a mini lightning round. But uh, right now, now available are the Skyward Sword release on Wii U eShop, Hyrule Warriors Legends Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks DLC pack, the new updates and new games for Street Pass, uh, download demo for Picross 3D two, round two. Um, also, the new play control version of Pikmin is now available on the eShop in Europe, and Europeans now have a second chance to download Darkrai and the sixth gen Pokemon games. September 6th is the next round of Pokemon Sun and Moon news. November 2nd is the Animal Crossing Direct. December 2nd, Super Mario Maker for 3DS, the new Zelda Amiibo line, Animal Crossing New Leafs update, and a new wave of Animal Crossing Amiibo cards launches. February 3rd, 2017, Poochie and Yoshi's Willy World launches for 3DS. Spring 2017, Mario Sports Superstars comes out. TBD 2017 is the Pikmin 3DS game. And uh, the only other thing to mention is that a new trailer shows off Snorlax's awesome Z-moves in Sun and Moon, so you should check that out. 
Um, otherwise, thank you all so much for listening. This is the Endo Nintendo week for today. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or subscribe to us on YouTube at Ganesha TV for bite-sized discussions from the show. And please head to iTunes to leave us a review. We're really working hard to make this show great for you guys, so those iTunes reviews really mean a lot, and they also help a lot of listeners discover the show. So if you haven't done that, please do. Please feel free to write up something. Um, always runs our hearts. It's greatly appreciated. If you have feedback for Nintendo Week, please send it to colinagamnesia.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Colin McIsaac. And remember to send your questions about Nintendo, about our show. We love engaging with you guys, and we read them and talk about them here on the show, so that's a great way to get involved. Again, that's Colin at Gamnesia.com, C-O-L-I-N at G-A-M-N-E-S-I-A, and at Colin McIsaac at C-O-L-I-N-M-C-I-S-A-A-C. Alex, where can they find you? You can also find me shutting down people's BS on Twitter at Legend of Lex. <laughs> and Ben, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Aramgard, E-R-I-M-G-A-R-D. If you can't wait till next week for more of our stuff, you can head to Gamnesia.com to see more gaming news as it happens. We got Sony, Microsoft, Indie, you name it, and Nintendo news that we didn't have the time to discuss on this week's show. And you can join the Facebook group, the Nintendo Week Fun Club, to chat with us and other listeners about all things Nintendo. On our way out, please enjoy Epic Game Music's epic rendition of the title screen music from Super Mario Maker. Thank you all so much for listening, and we hope you have another great week. I wish I'd taken the opportunity to make the uh, why does Nintendo have a income dis- or a uh, job title disparity between white people and Koopas, but I missed missed the opportunity. <laughs>